Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now, Bob Stoffer live at Ball Arena. And we will tell you, Japanese Village open to serve you to any one of their five Edmonton area locations featuring Japanese A5 Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. As we head back on to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and we are pleased to be joined by Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque, who's working the New York Rangers series with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Louis' appearance is presented by GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. Hello, Louis. How you doing? I'm doing well, Bob. It's hot, humid in New York today. Uh, just sitting in Madison Square Garden after the Tampa Bay Lightning have skated, and I'm pretty happy to be in a cool rink, being the polar bear that I am. How's Denver? Uh, Denver was unseasonably cold the last two days. It's warmed up today. It is not as warm in Denver as it is in Edmonton right now. Uh, the heat's cranked up a bit on the Edmonton Oilers after the opening game. We're upstairs uh, in a uh, offshoot broadcast location, and you know how tight the broadcast spots are in this building. We're in the far end zone, about uh, 60 feet away from the end line. So Jack Michaels who is a very talented broadcaster, is having to look a very far away to the open. You're laughing already because you know what happens when you're... Oh, yeah. When you, oh, yeah. when you're I've, been, I've been in that booth before, I think, years ago. And you know what? Um, good thing Jack's got good eyes. He, he picks yeah. up a lot of stuff. Yeah, no question about it. All right. Hey, uh, what's it like for... You've played for three of the four teams that are in the Final Four here. Yeah. You know what's... It's interesting. I was just actually sitting here. I'm in the stands. Like I said, practice is over. It's pretty quiet in MSG. It's a lot different looking than it was back in 89 when I was drafted coming into this building. There's been a bunch of re- renovations over the years multiple times. and But uh, it's a historic building. You know, you, you sit here and you kind of get a smile on your face because it just has that atmosphere. There's so many things that have happened in this building over the course of time. But, uh, yeah, you know, and you look at the Oilers, obviously, um, down one nothing, but you know, for me, I watched that game, and similar to how the last two series have started for Edmonton, uh, I, I, they're going to respond. They're going to bounce back. I thought the second half they were much better, and 
um, just a little too open against a very skilled avalanche team to have a lot of pace. And I think they'll make some adjustments there, have a little tighter gaps, make sure they're dealing with that speed a little bit better, um, getting layers in front of players coming their way. But I did like the third period, and I thought that was a little bit of a, you know, setting the table for game number two for them. And uh, you know what? The Avalanche, though, I got to see them in round two. They're a good team. This sh- it should be a really interesting series. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning here are a team that uh, I played for for a year, and we all know about them. They've won back-to-back Stanley Cups. They're in the conference final for the sixth time in eight years. They have a ton of experience. They're not going to let a game one loss put them down. They've already reset, refocused, and are getting ready for game number two. So I expect a much different team in game number two. After eight days off, there was a little bit of rust there, I thought. The Rangers are just hitting it right right now in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're joined by former New York Rangers draft choice, former Oiler and Tampa Bay Lightning player Louis DeBrusque on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Louis, you are a former Oiler, uh, and I know you would have watched the conclusion of Game 5 of the Battle of Alberta. And when when you win a series in five games, you've beaten the other team. It's not fluke. Uh, just like last year with Winnipeg beating Edmonton in four straight, the Oilers lost three overtime games, but the Jets were just better, and that's why they won the series. Just a, uh, an observation, you know, you covered the Oilers all season long. You you broadcast over 75 Oilers games this year. Just a thought on the Oilers winning the Battle of Alberta in five games. Yeah, to be honest with you, Bob, I didn't see it happening that quick. I really didn't. And unfortunately, sorry to hear that. That's the Zambonis that just got on the ice. It's perfect timing for uh, this hit with you, Bob. Um, but... Uh, giving you a little feel of Madison Square Garden. But you know what? Credit to them. They, they lost the first game convincingly. Again, in that first game against the Flames, though, and similar to the game one versus the Avalanche, I did think they started to make some adjustments later in the game. I thought they started to take it to the Avalanche a bit. And I believe they will carry that over, that mindset. And, again, it's the details and tendencies they started to play with later in the game into game number two tonight. And we're looking forward to watching it here. We're going to go to uh, a place, actually, that was opened up by a Canadian here in New York. And we're all going to get together and go down there and watch it. I guess it's uh, a big hockey place. And we're going to, as a group, collectively, all the, the broadcasters that are here are going to go. But you know what? To take out Calgary in five games to answer your question, I didn't see it. But credit to them, um, they pounced on them. And the top line was incredible. I mean, Leon Dreisaitl, 17 points in the Battle of Alberta, which is the most any player in the history of the Battle of Alberta has ever had in the Battle of Alberta. I, just, I think that says it all, really, doesn't it? I mean, just incredible, including the overtime game-winning pass, which he makes look so easy, but he's battling a couple players. He puts it between his legs, essentially, or behind him, and it goes right to McDavid, and he shoots the puck from between the hash marks. I mean, they're just such a dynamic duo. I think that Woodcross has done an excellent job throughout his tenure of keeping them apart more than any coach that's had them as as players. But in this situation with Leon a little banged up and just the the situation at hand, it worked in their favor to have them together. And um, just an amazing series by the team to finish off the Flames, who I thought were going to be a real, real tough out. And I thought it was going to go six or seven, but they did it five. All right, you've you've seen more of Colorado in the playoffs than I have, and I saw a lot of them the other night, and so did the Edmonton Oilers. How special is Kale McCarr, Louie? Yeah, he's just uh, he's on another level. There's no question. and It's just amazing, you know. Great players come along all the time, and I always say they, they change the way the game is perceived. They change the way the game is played in the sense that the opposition has to deal with them in a different way. 
Uh, you know, McDavid did it, no question about it. When he came into the league, if you watch teams now, they're so aware of him on the ice that they're backing up, they're clogging up the neutral zone, they're getting layers in front of him, they're trying to pick him up early, trying to interfere with him. They've had to change their game plan in particular to one player, and that doesn't happen too often. The greatest players in the game, they've all done it. So Bobby Orr, no different, Barry Lemieux. You look at, you know, the greats of the game have a tendency of doing things a little bit differently and making you have to adjust, and Kel McCarr is no different. He becomes a fourth forward, very much like Paul Coffey. I mean, Paul Coffey was so excellent jumping up in the rush and becoming that fourth forward, you know, 48 or 49 goals that he scored the one year. Um, and Kel McCarr is no different. He, he's, I think he doesn't get enough credit for how hard he defends, for how competitive he is and how aggressive he is. But it's amazing when he wants to step up. His edge work and explosiveness out of the gates is second to none in defenseman in the National Hockey League. His first step is incredible. And if you are caught guessing, you have no chance of stopping him. And he hasn't even really ratcheted it up. I'm going to be honest with you. He's played fairly composed. He did against the St. Louis Blues. He opened up a little bit more against the National Predators, had 10 points in that series. But as the game goes and when it's on the line, which they haven't really been on the line too often. They've, they've, they've had some tough games and against the St. Louis Blues, they were pushed in game six. But when the games are the most critical times is when he seems to flourish the most. And, uh, you know, credit to him. He's an amazing uh, defenseman and amazing hockey player. Great. Um, can you hit him? Like, can you, like, you know, teams tried to, like, when Coffey was with the Oilers, and that, to me, Paul Coffey's the closest player we've, you know, or let's rephrase that. Kale McCarr is the closest player we've seen uh, to Paul Coffey in terms of the yeah. skating ability and the <laughs> lateral movement. Yeah. Because different Kale's got to do it for, right? What's that? A little different. A little different in the sense of the way they skate. Like, Koff was so smooth, and he had yeah. such a perfect stride. His stride was perfect. Whereas Kale is a little bit, I, I don't want to say choppy, but he's choppy. He's a little choppy, but he's explosive. It's yeah. incredible how explosive he is. But can you hit him? You know what? I, I know players try, but I find that, I, listen, Adam Fox in this series for the Rangers, and I had the ISO cam on him a lot in game number one. It's incredible how, how calm, cool, and collective he is under pressure. It, it, and that's what the great players have. They have that ability to not panic with the puck. Kale McCarr is the same, but he's more explosive. Adam Fox does it mostly with his brains, and he deceives you. Whereas Kale McCarr will just beat you. Um, try and hit him. He's really good at the reverse hit, so if he sees you coming, he's very solid. But he will take a hit to make a play from time to time, so that will be important for Edmonton to continue to try and, and take the body on Kale McCarr. It's not easy, but that's got to be part of the game plan for Edmonton. Make sure they're pressuring on the defense. Make sure they're pushing them back. When the St. Louis Blues did it in round number two is when they had the most success. When they allowed them to go back and pick up that puck and break out freely, too good. You have, to, you have to take that time and space away, and when you can, you have to punish. You saw Samuel Girard, who also was a great skater, get absolutely rocked by Ivan Barbashev in, in the second round. And, you know, that was a devastating hit, put him out of the playoffs with a broken sternum. Um, but that's the type of forecheck and the urgency you have to have to get in and hit players that are as good as the defense of the avalanche and kind of eluding that. Both Taze and McCarr can skate. They're excellent skaters, so you have to try and match that on the forecheck. We're joined by Louis DeBrosk, who's currently in New York City. Louis, you, you mentioned that you were going to a, a, a special place owned by a Canadian. Back when you played, how many times did you go to special places in New York City? And there's always... 
difficult challenges to get to certain places. Um, you were traded for Marc Messier, uh, but there's legends that he actually held certain players' teams out of certain establishments. Can you either confirm or deny that? Um, I'm, can you ask me that again? I kind of lost you there. For oh, I, 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 I was just saying there's, there's the legend that Marc Messier once maybe held uh, an opposition team from getting into a specific bar that he may have been at that night oh. <laughs> in New York City. Yeah. Can yeah, you confirm? You know, um, Can... I, yeah, you know what? Uh, I can't confirm or deny that, but it doesn't surprise me. I mean, if he didn't want people into the bar that he was into, I'm sure he probably had to pull in New York to do that. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of places to go to in this city. You can always find somewhere to go. And you can usually find somewhere to get in trouble as well. It's it's a giant city. And we're learning that very quickly. The two times that we've tried to get from our hotel to Madison Square Garden before game one, because there was no morning skates, both of these teams don't like having morning skates. So I don't think we're going to see a lot of them in the series. But um, the traffic here is incredible. And although it's only, I don't know, 10, 15 blocks away, when it's 33 degrees outside, you're wearing a suit. You, like me, don't like walking at that type of temperature with a suit no, on, carrying no. a backpack. So I'm jumping in a car you're better off walking i can tell you that jump you know get your running shoes on and walk down the street it's a great city to walk around and look at because that's really what it's all about the amount of people that are here uh, but driving here is no joke and i never want to do it that's for sure i did it when i was 19 20 i was way more courageous at that age or maybe there's another word that i could use to describe myself at that age but uh, i don't want to do it at 51. hey louie was the scariest place you ever went into in new york was it at Bernie Nichols' house with Ken Bobgarner? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a uh, that was a funny story. It, it, you know, that's kind of one of my funniest memories from when I was a Ranger. I was staying with Bernie, and I had fought Kenny Bobgarner on Long Island the night before. Bernie was golfing the next day. We had the day off, and I was living with him. He let me stay with him, and he said, "Hey, he goes, uh, I got a friend coming over to pick up some furniture. He didn't tell me who it was. He goes, can you help him put it in his truck from the garage? He showed me what the furniture was. He said, no problem." Ding dong, Ken Baumgartner. The door opens up and it's him. And he had a black eye because I hit him with one shot in the fight. And he controlled the fight, no question about it. I held on for dear life. But he, he controlled the fight, but I did hit him with one good one. And uh, I thought, here we go, we're going to throw it down. But he turned out being a great guy. That usually is the case. You know, guys are amazing. But Bomber had those eyes, too. I don't know if you remember, but the way he kind of looked at you, right? He just had that. You know, yeah, he, he had a he had a pretty tough stare down, and uh, for a second he had me kind of quivering in my boots a little bit, going, oh, "I don't know what's going to happen here." But uh, we had a funny conversation about it. I helped him lift the stuff into his truck. Awesome stuff. Hope you get a ride to the rink for game number two, Louis. Thanks for joining us. Okay, buddy. Take care. That's uh, for GCL Diesel from NHL Hockey and Rogers, Louis DeBrusque. We're going to take about a four and a half minute break. You're listening to Oilers Now. It is 153 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer joining you from Ball Arena, Denver, Colorado. We will have an extra hour of Oilers Now for you today. Coming up at uh, 2.05, the President General Manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings. They host the Seattle Thunderbirds in the WHL Championship Series. And at 235, Jack Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network. First uh, two hours of the show, Wayne Gretzky, Ryan Smith, Kevin Weeks, and Louis DeBrusque. Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Louis' appearances on Oilers Now for GCL Diesel. Providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. 
as we head back into the Ashley Five Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Rugged from Saskatoon says, Bob, it was offside. If it's possession or control, so be it. The tag-up rule by itself, without the puck, all players must have to clear the attacking zone. But Makar had front skate on the blue line, then his back skate came off the ice. This happened before the other Colorado players had gotten fully into the neutral zone. Well, the Oilers did not get that call. It's that simple. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Jason from Sangudo says, Bob, if you're working an extra hour today, you deserve Colorado Kool-Aid. That would be Coors. That one comes to us from Jason from Sangudo. Uh, Bob, if you wore the suit that Weeksy had on the other night on uh, ESPN, we'd think it was a bear in a salmon suit. I kid. I kid. And Jay in the tinfoil hat adds, I couldn't pull it off either. Uh, just had to get that dig in. That's coming from Jay in a tinfoil hat. Well, you're 100% right. Uh, iPad glitch, Sparky Kevin says. Is that what happens to the refs the other night on the offside goal? I have a feeling. I, I, that was that was a bizarre, like, just the whole sequence. Even the uh, even the Colorado players, you could read their body. I think they were surprised that they got the call. Geo has texted us to say, Schmitty's odd starts to the series, likely related to emotions. He's a fiery competitor, and emotion probably got the best of him to start the series. Well, he wasn't very good in game. Uh, in, in game one against Los Angeles, the Oilers battled back. He was part of the breakdown on the fourth goal. There were about four mistakes on that play. He gave the puck away. That extended the sequence. In game one against Calgary, that was to me on Mike Smith. He had a poor start. I, I'm not going to say he didn't make a save. didn't make a lot of big saves in game one against Denver, against Colorado. But for me, the, the entire team was in on that together. Uh, again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, uh, Jesse in Victoria says, Bob, how about Mark Messi holding the Canucks franchise at ransom with demands before he signed there, when he signed there? I don't know how that got brought into the context in the conversation. Oh, I guess I was talking about the Messier trade that brought Louis to Bross to Edmonton. Yeah, uh, to this day, Mark Messi is not a very popular player in Vancouver. It happens. Uh, Bob, just a reminder, uh, you know, Ryan Smith is a legend, and he is what an Oiler is. And you also ought to know that the L.A. Kings shooting from everywhere helped uh, drive the save percentage for Mike Smith. Yeah. I, I, I think that's fair. Uh, this text comes in saying, Bob, you guys are all crazy. Ryan Smith was an average player. He doesn't belong in the rafters and nowhere near a Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't think anybody's saying he's a Hall of Fame player. I do think that there is a belief that he belongs to have his jersey retired by the Edmonton Oilers. You, you don't necessarily, like the standard is high in Edmonton. To this point, you know, you got to be a Hall of Famer, with, with the exception of Al Hamilton, Al Hamilton who uh, got his jersey up fairly early. Again, you can text us at any time, 780 496 Uh Bob, you ain't making it up that string. You're bare fodder. Are we still talking about the salmon suit that Kevin Weeks was uh, rolling with last night? There you go. 158 Edmonton off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, uh, still to come, we're going to get to more of your texts on the Ashley Five Floors text line. We'll squeeze in some time with uh, Kurt Hill, the GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings, and Jack Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.